0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Peeling Back Money and Life. This is your host, Casey Redmond, And in this episode, we're gonna be talking about how to make the most of COVID-19. And this is part one of two parts. So in this part one, we're gonna be talking about how to make the most of your investments. Next week in part two, we're gonna be talking about how to maximize your life during this time. So, but let's first talk a little bit about COVID-19. You know, this pandemic has spread much faster and farther than most um, uninformed or informed people even would have guessed. The whole world is on some form of lockdown, one way shape or form, and nothing quite like this has ever happened in the modern world. So it's creating all kinds of emotions uh, in various people and all of us have been affected to to one extreme or the other. So it's kind of all We're a little bit on common ground on that respect, that commonality factor, which doesn't always happen. And there can be some positives to that. Uh, Meanwhile, you have innovators that are still innovating all over the world, whether it's from their workplaces or working from home. People are staying late late up at night working on labs. Vaccines are being tested. Genes are being sequenced. Current viruses will end up being beaten. And we will come out of this at the other end. And many, many books will be written about this in the future. It will be in the history books, um, just like the technology bubble has been in the history books. The real estate crisis was in the history books, that great recession, and many others. And the world will keep rallying, whether you're talking about the U.S., whether you're talking about foreign countries. And we are going to beat this contagion. We are going to slow it down uh, and caring people will be helping out one another. And that is one, um, silver lining to all of this, that we are seeing some very non self-centered people during this time. And that's very good, um, to be able to have people will continue to stay home and heal. Hospitals will continue to expand. Nurses and doctors are doing their job to the best of their capability. And for those of us who are still um, working, whether it's from home or from the workplace, we're going to still keep doing those things. Um, In this situation, it's really important to kind of look at the bigger picture and understand that the world is not ending and that we will come out of this. You know, the air outside is still fresh. I'm looking outside right now. It's going to be a nice sunny day here. Um, So get outside. Go go enjoy uh, the things that are going well in your life right now. You know, to me, the good news is, you know, going back to that people, we still care, you know, we're, we're in kind of this self-imposed economic slowdown because we want to save the ones that are most vulnerable. Whether that's the older population, whether that's any age that have those comprised immune systems and that are not as, as healthy and that may be more um, comprised of coming down with this contagion and, and something drastic um happening to them if they do come down with it so you know let's kind of look at the big picture look at our current outlook our current lives and how we are spending them personally and professionally And those relationships are we creating and building or are we not creating them building and building them as much as we would have liked so again perspective here but what should we do well in this episode we're going to be talking about the financial side first Um, You know, you're seeing many different headline stories out there. This is the end of the FIRE movement, which is financial independence, retire early because their accounts maybe went down 30, 40 percent, 20 percent. You know, you're hearing people who are taking thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars out of the market and putting it into a financial institution like a credit union and putting it in multiple locations, multiple credit unions up to that 250,000 insured limit. You know, those are the kind of extremes that you're talking about. And then, and then the other side, you're, you're hearing headlines of people are buying more cause they're seeing it on sale and it may be very confusing on what is the right strategy during this time. So let's kind of bring some, some common sense, uh, and talk, talk down a little bit here. And how can we make the most of our investments during this, during this crazy time? Because we, we don't know when the crazy times are going to come or why they're going to come, but, but they are going to come. So as John Bogle would say, stay in the market, stay the course. Simply meaning sticking to your plan that you pl- had in place prior to the market going up and down. If you didn't have a plan prior, hopefully now you realize the importance of having one your plan should be prepared for market downturns. We never know when or why or how, but we do know they will happen from time to time. We also know we'll come back on the other side of this. Think back to 2001, 2002, the technology bubble. Think back to 2008, 2009, the real estate bubble. And now we're talking about COVID-19 of the most recent events that have led to market going down for a period of time. We recovered from the technology bubble, we recovered from the real estate bubble, and we are going to recover from COVID-19. And realize all three of those are different. Just like even the ones prior to that, they were different. We never know why or how, but markets are going to do their thing. They are going to have those twists and turns. And it is understandable to be a bit scared, to be a bit frustrated, to be a bit mad, to have those mix of emotions when the markets do make some of those violent twists and turns. It's important though to keep in mind that the market is not going to go down to nothing though, no matter who is out there saying it. It is not good for you, for your mind, your emotions, or anyone around you, for you to think to those extremes. And before you get to that extreme, ask yourself, what would happen for the market to go down to nothing, to go down to zero? What would actually have to happen? Well, that would have to be every company would have failed and they have all gone bankrupt and the U S government couldn't bail them out and we can't do anything. So keep in mind that when you're, when you're saying that you're talking about thousands and thousands of businesses and the government that would have to have fail to make that happen. You know, I think of Amazon, Google, Facebook, Walmart, Costco, Microsoft, Apple, all those are doing just fine right now because they have that online presence. They're, they're adapting. They're shifting to the new way, the current way of doing things. And they're thinking of things in the, after we get out of this, how are they going to operate? You know, they're, gonna, they're adapting to this situation. So in the businesses that don't adapt, that, that will some go bust? Absolutely. Will some go bankrupt? Sure. And other companies will come in and replace them. Those companies are the ones who are adjusting to the new environment, the best, and the right to capitalize on it. They're the innovators. And also something to keep in mind is when you see the market going down by big percentages that it did in, you know, in certain days and certain weeks here recently, that is a reflection of a bunch of traders on Wall Street trying to predict the future. It's, it's trying to look at what is the best guess looking out 12 months into the future of what growth and dividends might be because no one really knows. They're just trying to look into the future. That's what the markets are doing. And you may ask, well, why are so many going down at one time and why is it such a big swing? Well, a lot of this is computer generated and it hits a certain break point and it's just a sell feature or a buy feature. But right now we're in that kind of selling mode, but same things when it hits kind of a tipping point, a breaking point that the humans, you know, entered into the computer system of when it hits this point, sell, 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 when it hits this point, buy, buy, buy. So we don't want to get into that playing game because we're humans. We're not going to outsmart computers and systems and big corporations that have all this technology and information that we don't have. That is why we use the buy and hold strategy and stay the course because no one really knows and that is why we own the whole market think the total stock market who owns thousands and thousands of companies think the total international market that owns thousands and thousands of companies in both emerging and developed countries and the, within those there's thousands and thousands of companies okay so just like we want to capitalize on this environment as well we can do that with our investments by staying the course by buying more when it is on sale. So having that frame of mindset, having that perspective on things. And But you may say, but my value of stocks have gone down. I won't be able to retire. Everything's going to shit. My life savings is gone. And the list could go on and on. We could go down that that negative tirade of things, but what what good is that going to do? It's not going to do you any good. It's not going to do me any good. We're just stirring up emotions. And you know as well as I do that you only lose money when you sell. So that's why we stay the course, stick to your plan. Good times and bad, expect that markets will go down. And these are one of those times and put those, and I put those things all in place for my clients. It's literally in word, expect markets to go down. We, it will go up and down and keep reminding them of that fact. Does it make it any easier? No, we're humans. It's emotions get involved. But I think for some, we can reference back to that plan and say, Hey, we, the, we said the markets were going to go down. We just don't know when or why or how. And we're prepared for it because of this, this, and this. And we'll get into that. So are you prepared for it? Has your advisor, if you have one, you know, talked about those things prior to this happening? And you may say, well, I'm retired. What am I supposed to do? Well, it goes back to having a good plan in place prior to markets kind of going, having their violent up and down swings and going crazy. This is why you have good quality bonds to keep you afloat until your stocks recover. You know, let's look back at 2008, 2009 when, when stocks went way down. Some went down about 35, 40%. And even the emerging went down about, which is a total international, about 50%. But your high quality bonds that own government and corporate bonds, you know, went up about 5%. So that's why you hold those. One, it's keeping you afloat that you don't need to sell your stocks so you're not losing any of that money, but those bonds actually made money. And right now, intermediate is up about 3%, short term's up about 2% for, for bonds during this most recent COVID-19 virus um, sell-off. So where, does your plan have that in place? Were you ready? Were you prepared? It's not the time to go and sell stocks to go buy those bonds if you didn't have them, but it's important to have a couple years worth of high quality bonds to keep you afloat in times like this. And that money is there to help supplement your other income from potentially a pension, social security, part-time income, you know, all those things. And, you know, going back to the big point, the key point is that was already all in place before this market downturn, it's wasn't, you're not talking about putting in place during it or after it, you know, now is not the time to take money from stocks to buy bonds because you didn't have those bonds in place in the first place. Well, you may say, well, what if I didn't have a good plan in place prior to all this, or I'm not sure if I have a good plan in place. I haven't done anything yet. And I'm not sure if I should, what do I, what, what do I do now? Well, I would recommend you reach out to a good quality advisor, a good fee only advisor. I am helping people, you know virtually um, that we can you know go do a Zoom, do a Skype, do a phone call, first meetings free of charge, do an al- analysis of your current investments to see where you're at. Are you projecting to meet your goals? You know what about your, your withdrawal strategies? All those things should have been in place prior to this market downturn. If you didn't have those in place, this is a good time to, to reach out to somebody and what is a good plan to have going forward and what should have been your plan going into this and getting that from an unbiased person to give an unbiased recommendation to your situation. And it doesn't even need to cost money for you to take action to that because you can reach out, you know, find out what, they, what their recommendations would be and then move on from there. And if you're not right now, making sure that you are reinvesting your dividends, if maybe you weren't doing that before. And uh, a great quote that I think is is very key in times like this from Warren Buffett, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy only when others are fearful. So right now, a lot of people are fearful. So being greedy is like buying a lot of stocks and going back to taking that broader, long-term perspective to the situation. You, know, you you want to play the game that gives you the best chance to win. You want to be the casino instead of the gambler. And the casino holds the whole market and is staying in there. It's staying the course. Versus the gamblers out there trying to pick individual stocks and who's going to come out of this on top. Well, you're always going to have those one-offs that you're going to see headlines about. But that is not the probability game that you want to play. So in the game that is best known for some time is own the entire markets, diversify your risk owning international or owning us owning small cap, owning value, owning quality bonds, not high yield bonds, also known as junk bonds. You want to take your risk in stocks, not in those junk high yield bonds and you keep feeding those markets. You dollar cost average especially now you keep you keep doing that you you already have that dollar cost averaging set up where you're taking that emotion all out of it it just it just automatic it's on autopilot you don't have to think about it you can go about your day-to-day life spend quality time with your family and friends you know focus on that personal development the professional development that you have going on you just take the emotions out of it you push those away you're you're letting fear you're not letting fear or greed take over and by buying those stocks and dollar-cost averaging, you're staying ahead of inflation. And you're keeping your costs and taxes as low as possible by owning index funds. And you're owning those high-quality U.S. bonds. That's gonna reduce your portfolio volatility. So even though the stocks, for example, in 0809 went down about 40%, your portfolio, if you owned high-quality bonds during that time, wouldn't have gone down that much. And you're buying and holding all the way through own entire markets, keep feeding those dollar costs averaging. And because a lot of people will say, well, I'm going to try to time the market and so I can get to the bottom and have it be on sale the most. Well, no one knows when the bottom is going to be and you're letting emotions get into play. So, and, and we know that this market goes up 75% of the time. So just put the money in, let it go to work. You go about living your normal life. And another big key point here is that there's only a handful of days during the year where the market provides most of its returns and no one knows when those are going to be. So that's why we stay in the market. So let's look at an example. Over a 20-year period from 1996 to 2016, a substantial portion of the total market's return came from only a handful of days. Again, no one knows ahead of time when those days are going to occur. So trying to trade into them or anticipate them, you're going to miss on the, the best days then. And per analysis by Calamos Investments, 10,000 invested in the S&P 500 at the start of 1996 would have grown to about 44,000 by the end of 2016. Assuming the investor took a buy and hold strategy, which we've been talking about, and that's an average annual that's an annualized return of about a little over 8%. And that given there was a dot com bubble and the real estate financial crisis during that time. But if you miss just the best 5 days during that period, the amount you would have lost shrinks by more than a third to about 29,000, which represents a gain of about 6%. So it went down about 2% the more best days that you're not invested for the worse off in the end result, it looks each day it adds up. If you missed the top 30 days of that 20 year period, you would have lost money. So your initial 10,000 investments would only have been worth about $9,000. So stay in the market, buy and hold, and you are going to reap the rewards of that strategy and the end result will be much better. You're going to become much more resilient as a person, as an individual, your investments are going to be worth a lot more. You're going to have more freedom you're going to be richer. The world's going to be richer from this. And yes, that will eventually mean more money in your retirement account. And more importantly, it's going to mean better, happier living conditions. And, you know, look at the bright side, look at the big perspective. So my call to action to you is review your plan. Truly ask yourself, is it good? Why or why not? Does it say in there that the market's going to go down? Has your advisor ever said that if you have one, what have been your actions or inactions during this time? Why or why not? Do you have a reason behind you either not acting or acting? Where have been, where have been your emotions? recognize them write them down in the moment so you can look back and say that is how i reacted during that time and was that a good reaction or not and how can i improve upon that or you know i do not i do not react during this these times it's a lot of stress it's a lot of anxiety i don't currently have an advisor or coach someone there to kind of help me and tell me that i am going on the right path to give me the right path if I I don't have one currently and just maybe someone to vent to to make sure that I'm reaching my retirement goals or reaching I want to reach my goals of being able to take that yearly vacation that personal development that professional development being able to be there for my family you're being able to live your life without all that stress and anxiety of also taking care of your investments and whether you're doing the right thing. That's why you have an advisor, a coach, someone there for you. So again, call the action, review your plan, review your emotions, review your action, actions or inactions. And I thank everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Peeling Back Money in Life. Please share this with three people right now. Tell someone about it. Let me know what you took away from it. Does it help you? Could it kind of Calm you down, reassure you that we will get through this. To stay the course, please give it a five-star rating on iTunes. I would love to hear what you'd like from future episodes. And lastly, here for the disclaimer: this podcast is for edu- educational purposes only. As anything that you would find online, I only give advice to those who I know their personal situation without knowing yours. It'd be foolish to provide advice. For advice, consult the experts you have in your life: your accountant, your attorney, your financial advisor. Essentially, the people who know you and your situation personally.